All right, take your seats, everyone. This week we're talking about the what, how, and why problems. So please take your seats. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Change Academy podcast. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I am Brock Armstrong. And in this podcast, we talk about the fascinating art and science of behavior change. Yes, we do. And you know what? Legend has it that Albert Einstein, well, the Einstein, as we all refer to him as, once said, if I were given one hour to save the planet, I would spend 59 minutes defining the problem and one minute resolving it. Hmm. (laughs) And that's... Very related to what we're going to talk about today, because, you know, the key to solving any problem is first understanding what the problem truly is. And in this episode of the Change Academy podcast, we are going to talk about three types of problems that crop up and how to identify which one you've actually got. And once you recognize what type of problem you're dealing with, well, your chances of solving it go through the roof. Don't they? Yeah. But first, uh, we want to just share a little bit about what we're working on, or in this case, what one of our community members is working on. We got a a note from one of the members in our year-long Wayless program, who's also a Change Academy listener, and she shared this. She said, since starting on the path to become someone who weighs less, one of the biggest wins I've had is to limit sweet treats after dinner. (laughs) I grew up having some sort of sweet most nights and making the transition away from that habit has been one of the most rewarding and challenging changes I have made. I started, she says, by choosing more healthy treats like fruit or yogurt. And then I transitioned to having no treat more often than not. And then I found the Change Academy podcast episode on comfort. And that was the catalyst for my next big step. I find it familiar to have a sweet treat after dinner, not really comforting. Hmm. The discomfort of choosing no sweet is real, but planning a truly special treat every few weeks is turning out to be more joyful and worth it than I could have imagined. I love that. I know, it's terrific. That final sentence is really, really interesting to me, but Way back, sort of in the middle of what she wrote to us, she said that the transition away from that habit has been one of the most rewarding and challenging changes that I have made. And, you know, I think those two things often go hand in hand. The most challenging changes that we that we attempt or that we succeed in are often the most rewarding ones. And I think we forget that sometimes when we're faced with the challenge and things are getting a little rocky and a little tough and we want to throw in the towel. It's like, ah, if I just stick with it and get through this, it's going to be that much more rewarding when I get to the other side. That's so true. And and the thing that jumped out at me is she notes that, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable to decide not to have that familiar sweet treat after a meal. But because she was willing to sustain that discomfort for a little bit, she was able to get to the other side to that joyful discovery. And I think so often we let that discomfort really shut us off from the future that we could be experiencing. So lots in there to, to celebrate. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. So in general, there are three distinct ways in which people commonly get stuck in their efforts to create change. There are what problems? There are how problems and there are why problems. And we're going to do them in that order pretty much all the time. So I'll repeat that. First one's a what problem. Second one's a how problem. And the third one is a why problem. And as you can imagine, 
each one of those calls for a different type of solution. They're different problems, so they get different solutions. <laughs> and the reason that we think this is an important thing to dedicate an entire episode of the podcast to is because we often just jump the gun and we end up wasting a whole bunch of time doing the wrong type of effort to solve the problem because we haven't actually taken the time to figure out which type of problem that we're dealing with. And we'd never want to waste effort, do we? <laughs> no. Well, right. So let me just give you an example, something innocuous. Let's talk about air conditioning. Let's say my air sure. conditioner. <laughs> it's a weird time of year to choose that, but why not? So let's say my air conditioner doesn't work, but I don't know what's wrong with it. It might be low in coolant, or it could be some sort of mechanical problem like a broken fan, or it might be an electrical problem. But in order to fix it, I need to figure out which it is so that I can buy the right parts or, or hire the right contractor. Sure. So that is a what problem. Yeah. I don't know what the problem with this air conditioner is. Okay, but now let's say I've figured out that it's a broken fan belt. Now I know what needs to happen but I might need someone to show me how to change the fan belt because I've never done that before. That is a how problem. Right. Okay, finally, I've got my new fan belt. I've watched 35 YouTube videos. <laughs> I understand exactly how to replace that fan belt. But somehow the weekend goes by and the next weekend goes by and I just don't fix it. This, my friends is a why problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe deep down, it's because fixing that air conditioner is actually not a high priority for me. Maybe I'm sort of thinking, hey, the longer I go without fixing it, the lower my electrical bills will be. Ah, some justifications there. <laughs> right. So that is an example of a what problem, a how problem, and a why problem. Okay. So once we've gotten that all defined, now we need to know how to match the solution to the type of problem. And let's start with the what problem. So to solve a what problem, we need to analyze the problem and identify the best approach. So the next one is a how problem. And once you've identified that you have a how problem, to solve one of those, you want to break it down into steps and then, of course, do our favorite thing around here, which is to create a concrete plan of how to execute those steps. And, of course, if you've identified that you have a why problem and you want to solve that, well, then you need to explore why you want to create this change in the first place and what will happen if you don't ever create the change. And exploring that can be really, really helpful and can illuminate a whole range of uh, information that maybe would go un otherwise undiscovered. Yeah, I think why problems are admittedly the hardest ones to solve. But I think it's made even harder because we so rarely recognize that we're dealing with a why problem. Mm -hmm. So we keep trying to find a different what or a better how, but none of that works because actually it's a why problem. Yeah, this reminds me of, you know, you see so many people talking about morning rituals these days. You can buy books on people's morning rituals. And I, I think the problem there is that just by mimicking what some high-performing person does each morning, we think that it's magically going to make us high performers as well. But what we're going after there is a what or a how, but by just mimicking someone else's routine, we're actually missing the why. Exactly. 
like you said, we're going after the what and how when we're actually should be solving the why. And this also rings true when people come to us and they want to become quote unquote healthier, but they can't seem to stick with any single approach. So they keep trying different diets and different meal plans and different workouts and different coaches in the hopes that they'll eventually find one that will motivate them to stick with it. And again, they're trying to solve a why problem with what and how solutions. Mm. And the real problem isn't that they haven't found the right morning routine or the right diet or the right gym or the right coach. The real problem is that they're not clear on why they want to get healthier. You know, I think one of the tricky things about why problems is that no one else can figure it out for you. No expert can give you the answer to this. So as coaches, we can tell you the what, we can tell you the how, that's what we're good at. That's what we do all day, but we can't tell you your why, only you know the why. And, you know, honestly, I think that this is a trap that coaches are just as likely to fall into as their clients. When, Mm -hmm. when somebody's struggling and not making progress, they just keep shoveling more what and more how at people because That's our wheelhouse, right? That's easy for us. We know how to do this. We just keep doing that instead of helping someone really dig into the why. You know, this is a big reason that I actually was drawn to cognitive behavior therapy many, many years ago dealing with um, anxiety and depression. It's because I had worked through all of the, I've tried the the what's, the supplements and the medications. I tried the hows, the meditation, even (laughs) hypnosis. But Eventually, yeah, I think it was my my GP who pointed out that I wasn't actually, and he didn't say it in this way, but that I wasn't addressing the why of my anxiety and depression. And that's where cognitive behavior therapy came in. And eventually, more more recently, actually drove me to become a become a coach for with cognitive behavior because I I've identified the fact that so many people that come to me, I don't just want to give them the what and the how anymore, that if I really want to be an effective coach, we need to get into the why. Right. And I, I want to just make it clear. We're not saying that the what and the how don't matter. No. You know, in order to fix my air conditioner, I did need to know what the problem was and I did need to learn how to change that fan belt. Uh, they matter, but they're not very helpful if the why is missing. So because it can be so hard to get to that why, we have just some questions that you can use to explore uh, if you're finding yourself, uh, if you suspect you may have a why problem. Here are some things that might help you get at your why. Yeah. So the first thing I think that people should probably ask themselves is why is changing or why is achieving this thing actually important to you? And you might remember in a previous episode way long time ago, probably 20 episodes ago, we talked about asking yourself why five times or the five whys. And each layer of why gets you a little bit closer to that really meaningful nugget that can just shoot you off into the stratosphere and get you actually achieving all kinds of things. Right. Yeah. The first answer to that question is rarely the best answer. You have to right. keep keep going a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And that was our episode on a reason. It was part of that initial series of eight things you need to create sustainable behavior change. Okay. Another question that you can use to explore this is, if this is something that you've wanted to do for a long time, you've been saying forever you want to do this and you haven't done it, 
what is different now that makes this the time? What has Mm -hmm. changed either in your external circumstances or your internal orientation to this thing uh, that now makes it possible for you to move forward? Because if nothing's changed, <laughs> then, then you you may not actually be any closer to to making that a reality. Yeah, chances are, if you make it to asking yourself that question, something has changed. <laughs> so so keep digging. And I think the next thing that you can sit down and ask yourself is my favorite question, which is, then what? Yeah. Or what happens when you actually achieve or solve this issue? Well, what happens next? Are you going to just wipe your hands together and and walk away and return to your previously scheduled lifestyle? Or are you going to move on to the next thing? Or it doesn't really matter. I'm not saying that one's better than the other, but you really should examine the then what question. Yeah, I I think this is a great one to put yourself in that position mentally, like, okay, I've accomplished it, I've solved it. And look around your surroundings and what comes up for you. And I think that asking this question and doing this sort of imagination exercise can sometimes uncover what our true objective is, which may not be what we think it is. And the reason that's important is that meeting this goal or solving this problem may not actually achieve that objective. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we hear people say all the time, I want to lose weight because we ask them why they'll say, well, then I'm going to feel more confident. Ah, but will you? (laughs) Are you sure that, um, you know, that losing weight is going to address whatever it is that makes you feel a lack of confidence in yourself? Or uh, people might say like, well, my goal is to make a hundred thousand dollars or a half a million dollars or a million dollars. And if you ask them why they say, oh, I'll just be so much happier then. Well, we all know how that goes, right? (laughs) Right. So I think it's really worth spending some time asking yourself, uh, then what? And then I guess the next question to ask yourself, once you've identified that you have a why problem, is what happens if I don't achieve this? Mm -hmm. So if I work on it and work on it and I never really get there, well, what happens with that? Are you willing to accept a different outcome than you planned on too? Because sometimes in the midst of working through our problem, the solution actually becomes something different than we originally anticipated. And we see this with weight loss all the time. People come in with this goal number in mind that they want to weigh the same as they did when they graduated from college or something like that. But then after a few months, they're actually like, wait a second, I, that's that's really not that important to me anymore. I'm much more focused on this other outcome than I was, than I am on on that specific number. So thinking through what happens if you don't actually achieve that desired outcome that you thought you wanted can be a a really important thing. And, And we talked about that in the episode about reward versus consequences. So if you missed that one, you might want to go back and check that out. And one final question you might want to explore is what are you willing to say no to in order to achieve this? This is one of my favorite questions. I love this question. We get a lot of mileage out of this question. And what we're really talking about is, you know, what are you willing to trade in order to achieve this? And it is absolutely essential to get this out on the table because until we really come to terms with the fact that often in order to say yes to one thing, in order to achieve or change or accomplish something, we are going to have to say no to something else. Mm -hmm. When we don't reconcile ourselves to that reality, we just pretend that we'll never have to say no to anything. We're just going to be able to 
eat our cake and have it too. And that is a surefire recipe for stasis and inaction because you haven't really brought into focus for yourself that sometimes we have to let go of one thing in order to grab onto something else. And we need to keep that in context of a real timeline too, because often saying no to something for a short period of time, say for like 30 days or something like that, well, that's not so bad. But often if you want this change to last, you're going to need to say no to it for forever. So Mm -hmm. I think keeping in mind the timeline is really important too when you're looking at this question. Okay, so let's recap. If you're not sure what needs to happen in order to solve a problem or to create the result you want, you have a what problem. If you know what needs to happen, but you don't know how to make that happen, well, you have a how problem. And if you know what needs to happen and how to make it happen, but you still find yourself not making it happen, well, then you have a why problem. And why problems cannot be solved with what or how solutions. I think I'm going to embroider that on a pillow. (laughs) We could sell it on the website. (laughs) Okay, so we have a lab experiment for you this week. Identify a place in your life where you feel like you're stuck or not making progress. Step one, can you write down in a sentence or two exactly what needs to happen or change in order to achieve the goal or solve this problem? If you can't, then focus your energy on identifying the best approach to solve this problem. If you can write that down in a sentence or two, then go ahead and proceed to step two. (laughs) And step two is... Can you write down the concrete actions that you would need to take next? If you can't, then focus your energy on identifying what your next steps are. And your next steps might be doing more research or doing some planning or taking some small step towards that goal. But if you know all of that, then you're going to proceed to step three, which is this. Can you write down five detailed and compelling reasons that you want to do this now. And if not, we invite you to spend some time digging into your why, or maybe your why not. Mm -hmm. And you may notice that just like that Einstein quote that I started this episode off with, this is really the 59 minutes that (laughs) that Einstein was talking about in terms of (laughs) figuring out the problem and really working through it. And then he's only going to spend one minute actually solving it or taking taking the action. So so this is the this is really the meat. This is the crux of getting things solved sometimes. Now, we have had some really nice folks come along and leave some reviews for this podcast in uh, Apple Podcasts and on Stitcher and on Spotify, all over the place. And we just wanted to take a minute to read a couple of those reviews. And here is one that we got from Little Bird AZ, Little Bird As. (laughs) I'm not sure how that's supposed to be said, but uh, the title of it was Two Greats in One Place. Yeah. And the review says, I've listened to both Brock and Monica separately, but this podcast is the best. Glad to have both of them in one place helping with permanent change. So helpful. And they make the principles so simple. I wait for each episode. Aw, that's great. Thank you so much. But of course, you cannot please everyone. (laughs) So just in the interest of 
keeping us humble. Uh, here's another review that we got. The title was Not Good. Yeah. <laughs> this was posted by Rory Girls. Um, she apparently listens on Apple in Great Britain in the UK. And she said, Brock is great, Hooray. but I find Monica annoying and patronizing. <laughs> oh, no. Even the sound of her voice now is destined to annoy me. Mm. And just sidebar, I got to say, as a former professional singer, that cuts to the quick. Right. I've tried several of these programs and Monica's nutrition ones, but I find her biased. I prefer to listen to podcasts with either facts or balanced views. Hmm. Well... Thank you for that feedback, Rory Girls. We'll take that to heart. Uh, and those of you listening that we haven't annoyed so badly that you're still with us, <laughs> we invite you to add your opinion as well, positive or negative, by leaving us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast app. We appreciate it. You know, I'd like to point out that we also have one that is basically the tables turned where somebody liked Monica but couldn't stand me and called me <laughs> childish, I believe. So, so we... Well. We appreciate it no matter who, which one of us you're picking on. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> fair is fair. So thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you again for another episode of the Change Academy podcast very soon. Yeah, take care, everybody. Go get your why. All right. Thanks, everybody. You can find the show notes for this episode at changeacademypodcast.com slash what, how, why. <laughs>